Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Friday, February 25th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the one and only Josh Crash Davis to go over a very juicy nine-game NBA slate tonight. So how are you, Josh? How did you survive the uh, entire week off of basketball and did you like uh go half cuckoo like i did or what yeah. yeah it felt like a lot longer than a week it really did um and and for me especially as a bucks fan it's you know it has been longer than a week we don't even play till tomorrow so been a long wait for sure i would have never guessed you're a bucks or packers fan i that's yeah. shocking news to me <laughs> breaking news yeah breaking breaking news hot take right <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And I'll tell you, coming back, it's it's awesome. We started out last night with a solid night. We hung on and mm -hmm. got some cash and FanDuel DraftKings, had a top 1% lineup on Yahoo. So that was a nice start jumping right back into the frying pan. Yeah, definitely. We had really nice plays there. Um, Sabonis was probably one of my favorite plays that you had out there. So, Yeah. And of course, our presenting sponsor. So thank you to prize picks for mm -hmm. being our presenting sponsor we both had some nice winners there a three right. bagger going for the gusto there and you had a two or uh, at least a two bagger correct yeah i had i had a two out of three and a three out of four so very nice that's the way to do it yeah so yeah we're excited uh we'll we're going to be sharing every friday our prize picks picks of the day at the end of the podcast so stay tuned for that and uh, you know what? We're going to jump right in today. No messing around. Nine games. It's, uh, you know, it's serious time. So uh, enjoy this podcast on the way in here. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a quick thumbs up. That's important to us. And give us a comment. Hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, hit the little alarm in the upper corner. That will alert you every time one of our podcast posts. And we're here seven days a week for the NBA. And now we're adding some afternoon update podcasts. So you're going to get a, about 10 or 11 uh, podcasts per week in the NBA. Uh, so we're, we are all out there now getting it done. Also PGA. And then hopefully we don't want to go that, that direction, but hopefully baseball uh, yeah. gets it going here soon. And uh, we'll, we'll be going on all cylinders at that point. So mm -hmm. excited for that. Definitely. All right, man. Here we go. We're diving in. Again, it's a nine-game slate. Uh, we have four games at seven, so it's going to be a lot of action right out of the shoot, not, you know, slowly rolling into the, the uh, contests tonight. It's going to be, boom, seven games right off the schneid. Yeah. All right. First game, Josh, 7 p.m., Oklahoma City at the Indiana Pacers. It is the second night of a back-to-back -back for Oklahoma City. Uh, they did already announce that SGA is going to play on the back-to-back. -back. They did not mention if he'd have any restrictions or not, so that's yet to be seen. A lot of the other players, you know, they played a decent rotation and had uh, – they're so young. I mean, I don't think a back-to-back -back affects them that much, mm -hmm. but it is an island game for Indiana. So on this game, we've got the, uh, the Indiana Pacers are favored by 7.5, it is a 220 total, 106.25 implied for the Thunder, 
113.75 for the Indiana Pacers. So coming into the game, the Thunder are 18 and 14, Indiana 20 and 40. Injury designations, Lou Dort doubtful. I'm counting him out. Mm. Uh, the other guys that are already declared out, Jerome Muscala, JRE, and Kenrich Williams. So again, they're very thin uh, in the front court. And then Indiana, it looks like we're actually going to have the return of Brogdon. He's been questionable for like two months, but he's actually listed as probable. So looks like we got a dust off Brogdon and that certainly takes a bite out of Halliburton, but we'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk more about that. Uh, Bataze uh, is also probable. Um, Isaiah Jackson is probable. So that's, you know, mixes things up at the center spot. Uh, the guy that's going to be a tough one here is Chris Duarte. He's questionable. Mm -hmm. And that really, you know, changes things in that whole guard rotation with Brogdon, Halliburton, and Heald. So we need that news. That would help to, to have that. And then as uh, it's been for a while, McConnell, Turner, and Warren uh, are out. As far as the statistical uh, set here, we've got Oklahoma 16th in pace, Washington 19th. So I'm, uh, I, yeah, Indiana. No, wait a minute. I got this wrong here. San Antonio 6th in pace. And Washington, I, I got out of order here. So oh, it's, let me go back. Go ahead and do Indiana and, and Oklahoma City. I mean, you're no, it's somewhere. Oklahoma City and Indiana. I jumped, I've got two different lists here. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So 16th and 19th, I was right. So pace a little bit below normal. Defense, Oklahoma City 10th, Indiana 27th. So it's hard to believe mm -hmm. they're that bad defensively, wow. but they've been moving people around there left, right, and backwards. So Interesting game here, Josh. Uh, 220 totals, not too bad. Mm -hmm. How much is SGA going to play? You know, for me, uh, I'll start with, you know, with that. I'm just, I'm not running to a 9K SGA uh, with the possibilities <clears throat> that he may have somewhat restricted minutes. You know, we right. need to see what that's going to be. And then what do you make of, you know, Brogdon coming back? How much is this game impacted for you? And is it, you know, for me, I looked, the more I looked at it, the more it was like, I'm not mm -hmm. really crazy about it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, Brogdon's a little bit higher than I would have liked on DraftKings at 7,100. Uh, 6,100 on FanDuel, it's a little bit more of a debate there whether or not you want to play him. He did have a big game uh, against Oklahoma City last time. He, he faced him in April of last year. So it's been a while. But yeah. he's. He had 61.75 DraftKings points. <laughs> Don't expect anything like that tonight. Um, yeah. But especially because he's probably going to be on some kind of a minutes limit. For but, sure. You know, five to six X, I think, is pretty reasonable um, ex expectations. And then, like I said, on DraftKings, I'm probably not going to touch him. I do like Goga Batadze a little bit at 4,100 on FanDuel, 46 on DraftKings. Oklahoma City's allowed the sixth most or the fifth most, excuse me, points to uh, centers. And, you know, we've been attacking that position lately with the centers against Oklahoma City. So I do like Batadze a little bit here, assuming he plays. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt the front quarter of the Thunder is atrocious right now. They just get mm -hmm. scorched all the time. I'm just concerned Isaiah Jackson is going to do a, a timeshare with Goga. And that's that's what had my hesitancy there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then for Oklahoma City with with Shea back at that price takes away from Josh Kitty. You know, it just 
to me, it kind of makes them a non-play here on nine-game slate. Yeah, and, and Giddy has that, you know, sort of they're saying they only want to play in 30 minutes a game, you know, but mm-hmm. who knows what that is. But at 8-3, man, I think he's overpriced. Uh, so, yeah, I just – I'm not crazy about anybody here. I mean, Baisley at 6-4, you know, has been the most consistent guy the last – couple of weeks before the the all-star break but right that's that's not a giveaway price like it used to be so that makes it a little bit tough yeah this game just it can it bothers me because i don't know what that rotation is going to be mm-hmm. healed who i i went to a few times before the all-star break is up to six three uh o'shea brissett's been good though at five seven so i mean you can take a shot on a value or or mid-price guy here in this game but yeah, definitely can get stung too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some blowout concern here too because Oklahoma City had a tough game last night with Phoenix, and you know Phoenix is just a pretty tough team to play. They're so strong defensively, even without Chris Paul. So um, I think that they're going to be a little bit tired on this second night of a back-to-back, even though they're young. And I just think Indiana is going to going to win this pretty convincingly. Yeah, seven and a half points spread at home. We'll see. I, yeah, definitely a game that's more GPP-ish to me and not going to be one of my focal points. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Okay, so the next game on the docket, I tried to switch to it already, San Antonio Spurs-Washington Wizards. San Antonio's favored by three. It's a 224.5 total, 113.75 implied by the Spurs, <clears throat> 110.75 by the Washington Wizards. Spurs come in 23 and 36, Washington 27 and 31. Uh, for San Antonio, Langford and Primo are questionable, which me- makes a difference because both of those guys, I think, will be in the rotation. So mm-hmm. look forward to hearing what that news is. Uh, the big news for Washington is Thomas Bryant is questionable. So that definitely affects you know Gafford and the whole mix at, yeah. at uh, the bigs. And can you believe this one? Would you believe Kristaps Porzingis is out? Yeah. I mean, uh, and, yeah, an Iron Man like that missing a game, I'm shocked. Yeah, Washington really uh, should have thought or dug a little deeper when it came to that trade. But Yeah, well, Dallas didn't exactly get uh, the mother load in return, so it was, mm-hmm. it was ugly both ways. Yeah. All right, so let's look at the game set here. Uh, again, decent point total, close spread. Uh, one quick thing, though, is you've got both teams on the first night of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So that adds a little spice to it, especially with Pop. We say it every time, and we, we have to because it ends up somebody in Discord during the night saying, I got popped. It just yep. happens like every time they have a back-to-back. So little concern there. Something to watch uh, without without a question. Pace-wise, mm-hmm. San Antonio 6th. They're playing quick. Washington 23rd. So good pace-up game for Washington. Um, no doubt about that. And defensively, they are 18th and 22nd, respectively. So not getting it done on that side of the floor. So I'll turn it over to you first here. Break this one down for us because I think there's a few sneaky plays. Yeah, it's so weird to hear the Spurs being ranked that low defensively, but it's terrible. <laughs> um, but I like I like both of the bigs here. Um, 
you know, Jacob Pirtle is a little expensive at 77 on FanDuel, 73 on DraftKings. But Washington's allowed the fourth most fantasy points to centers. Obviously, Thomas Bryant might be out. Um, and obviously, uh, Porzingis is out, but that's not really that big of a deal defensively, I don't think. But um, but I do like Pirtle here. Uh, it's a good matchup for him. And then it was, it was Bryant, especially if he's out, and maybe even if he's not out. I like Daniel Gafford. 3,400 on DraftKings. I feel like five to six X's is about his floor probably in this matchup. Um, San Antonio's allowed the six most fantasy points to centers. And, and like we mentioned already, Porzingis is out. Thomas Bryant might be out. So it's going to be a, a lot of Daniel Gafford, if, especially if Bryant's out. So those would be my two plays that I like in this game. I don't want to go to DeJounte Murray at 10K. Um, I just feel like there's better plays to pay up for on this slate. Yeah, I mean, DeJounte's the uh, soup of the day, if you will. Everybody loves him in DFS, but he's 10-8 on draft. That's a gut punch uh, against this Wizards team. It's it's a hard call. He's awesome, but it mm-hmm. is the first kind of a back-to-back. I agree with you. That price, it's, it's rough. Yeah. I, I sort of like Devin Vassell, though. He's only 5K. He's somewhat taken over the, the starting two spot. But I do want to know if Primo and Langford are going to be in or out because mm. if they're out still and they're questionable, I think Vassell gets decent run to, to pay off a very low tag. Yeah. Um, really, the rest of the guys, Jakob Pertle, it's weird because for me, if Thomas Bryant does play, then I do like Jakob Pertle because Thomas Bryant is a terrible uh, center mm. defender. He just does not get it done. He hustles, but he just doesn't have the defensive acumen. Whereas Gafford, even though he's been getting smoked up by a lot of centers, at least he has that presence and shot blocking ability in there a little Mm -hmm. bit uh, more so. So if, if Bryant's out and Gafford's going to start, that may scare me off a seven, three Jakob Pertle because that price just isn't quite good enough. He should be, if he was 6'8", it'd be a pretty yeah. easy decision for me. I get that. Yeah. And then after that, really, the bench for San Antonio doesn't dive out at me. You know, you've got a lot of shifting in Washington. The guy that's been consistent, believe it or not, off the bench is Denny Avdia. He's put mm-hmm. in a good month's work uh, in these last several games, and he's only 5-1. And Hashimura at 4K. It's tempting to look at those guys. Um, if Bryant's out, Hashimura is a strong play, in my opinion, because he's going to get backup center minutes to Gafford and he'll get some minutes uh, at the four. Uh, but with with Bryant in, it just gets a little jammed in there with Kispert, KCP, etc. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to mention, I you know, I know Neto has gotten to his number several times, but I still feel that he's going to have a timeshare there with Ish Smith. So. Yeah, uh, not my favorite game. The Bryant news is important, but uh, this certainly would be a one-off game for me. Mm-hmm. All right, let's hit the next one. We have the uh, Houston Rockets and the Orlando Magic. So this should be <laughs> an interesting game. It's mm-hmm. Orlando minus four. When have they been a four-point favorite? Wow. 231 total, 113 and a half for Houston, 117 and a half uh, for Orlando. Houston comes in with a stellar 15 and 43 record. I can say stellar 
because Orlando's 13 and 47. Wow. So <laughs> and this the is who gets the first pick to take the big kid from Gonzaga here. Right. Uh, that could be in play. But uh, as far as designations, though, it's not too bad. Uh, Garuba and Waller out for Houston. Haven't said that yet this season. And then Fultz, Isaac, and Wagner, that's Mo Wagner, not Franz, uh, for Orlando is out. So a couple of things here. Houston, our favorite, the, the DFS darling of the NBA, first in pace, last in defense. Mm-hmm. Thank you for participating in our DFS world, Houston Rockets. Yes. And 10th in pace for Orlando. So 231. You know, it could even be higher, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You got tons of pace. Orlando's defense stinks too. They're 24th. So you got really good pace, really bad defense, close spread with it only being four. I, you know, I hate to say it, but this is DFS, you know, full blown. Probably mm-hmm. the worst, most, you know, nobody cares game that only all of us DFS people will be right. watching, unless you're an ardent Rockets or Magic fan. Huh. But, man, this game looks a little, as I said on the opening, this could be one of those juicy games mm-hmm. that gets us into the winner's circle. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, starting out with Jalen Suggs, 6,400 on FanDuel, 6,000 on DraftKings. Houston's allowed the most fantasy points to point guards and shooting guards. And Jalen Suggs had 31, 34, and 45. DraftKings points, you know, in his last three games before the All-Star break. So definitely on a little bit of a roll here. So I like him and I like his counterpart, Cole Anthony, 6,100 on FanDuel. He's a little bit pricey on DraftKings at 7,000. But he did have 38 when they played Houston on December 3rd. He's averaged 33.67 DraftKings points in three games against him in his career. And then on FanDuel, he is cheaper than Suggs. So both those guards are in play for me. the bigs, you know, Houston's also allowed the most to centers and the second most to power forward. So they're, they're just they're just horrible <laughs> is the bottom line. Um, but Wendell Carter Jr. at 7,300 on FanDuel, 7,400 on DraftKings. A little pricey for me. Not sure I'm going to go there. So I look at Tuma Kiki a little bit at 4,700 on DraftKings. I like that price. And then Mo Bamba. 4500 I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty nice price for him. So on Orlando's side, that's who I like. And then for Houston, I like Christian Wood. Orlando has allowed the second most to uh, power forwards. I think I said that Houston had, but uh, they've actually um, – Orlando's allowed the second most, and Houston's allowed the most fantasy points wow. forwards. So, But Christian Wood had 48.8 DraftKings points when they played on December 3rd, and I think that that kind of number is, is very achievable for him in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm going to have exposure here all over the place. I, I, this could be even though it's a nine game slate, I could have two, two v two. I, I don't want to go more than two guys on a team. That's just my building theory. When you're only mm-hmm. building two or three lineups, it's hard to go three deep on a team or more on this big of a slate. You just, right. You know that negative leverage of, of how they're going to do gets you know can get you, but. Man, it looks like a, a, such a fantastic matchup. I'm with you. I, I really like the backcourt of Orlando, Anthony, and Suggs. Mm-hmm. It's a hard decision because Anthony's a thousand more on DraftKings, but like yeah. you said, he's cheaper on FanDuel. So right. it might be one of those cases where I take one on one 
you know, sight and one on the other. But mm-hmm. I do think they both have great ce- uh, ceiling here <clears throat> that that can uh, make a big difference on the slate. And their prices are still good enough that that you can get them in there. Right. I do like Wendell Carter Jr. too at seven four. Um, I know you know he'll probably get some Jay Sean Tate defense, but he just outsizes him by a lot. Mm-hmm. And the interior defense for Houston is not good. Right. Um, <clears throat> I can't believe Mo Bomb is only four five. That is, it's so tempting because mm-hmm. how much? I mean, he doesn't have to get very many minutes. Yeah. To smack that number, you know. Yeah. About 20, but, 25 DraftKings points, and we're sitting pretty. I know, but it still seems like a tough, you know, take the, the center spot to click mm-hmm. um, with Mo Bomb, the way yeah. he's not played well this year yeah. in general. He had that one lunacy game where he hit like seven threes in the first half, <laughs> but that was a fluke. But <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm going to consider him just because he's so cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe pair you know, Carter or Bomba with Anthony and Suggs and, and really have some good representation. Yeah. Franz Wagner's down to five, seven, but he's just been massively inconsistent, sort of hit the rookie wall, I think, if you will. But uh, uh, as far as the Houston side goes, you know, uh, Kevin Porter, Jalen Green, both tempting. Green's only 5K and he's mm-hmm. also picked it up. Yeah. Green and Suggs have been the two guys that I've seen come on as rookies as opposed to the other guys, you know, that seem to be fading a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. being tired. But because Suggs missed a decent time and Green was sort of the fourth option or whatever in the offense initially, I think they're still a little bit more fresh as opposed to some of the other rookies like Evan Mobley, who was very active and counted on in the first half. So, Mm -hmm. um wouldn't mind putting some of these youngsters up against each other. It's an island game for both teams. And, uh, you know, the, the pay-up spot here would be Christian Wood, of course, at 7-9. But, yeah. you know, th- that's a question I wanted to ask you. I just don't feel like they're pushing Wood now that there's just so bad. Or, you mm-hmm. know, Shangun's going to get in there some. And I don't know. Do you think Wood is still a safe play on night in, night out? I don't know about safe <laughs> um, just because like you said, they've, they've been so porous, you know, they're just, they're just not any kind of a, you know, playoff contention team or anything like that. So they're definitely not going to push him from that standpoint, you would think in the second half of the season. So I could definitely see why you wouldn't want to touch him. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I I'm tempted though. I mean, he's, he certainly can have a ceiling game, mm-hmm. but you know, just don't feel as comfortable as I did three weeks ago pushing that button. Yeah, I get that. All right, let's go on to the fourth and final um, game of the 7 o'clock variety. That would be, of course, the Toronto Raptors and the Charlotte Hornets. Mm. Toronto is on the first night of a back-to-back island game for uh, Charlotte. Excuse me. I have got a horse in my throat. Um, Toronto's favored by two and a half, 225 and a half total, 114 flat for the Raptors, 111 and a half for the Charlotte Hornets. Toronto comes in 32 and 25, sneakily seven games over 500 in, in the hunt. Hornets 29 and 31, a little disappointing. Um, they you know thought they'd get on a roll here, but 
have fallen a couple games under 500. So it'll be interesting to see um, <clears throat> how they're able to turn it up. Mm -hmm. All the news uh, really in this game is on one guy. That's Mr. Van Vliet. Yeah. If Fred is able to suit it up, it, it would be basically the best players from both teams going at it. Cause Van Vliet's the only injury designation on Toronto Mm -hmm. For Charlotte, it looks like they're going to get Cody Martin back. He's a rotation <laughs> player that had missed some games. But they're going to lose Jalen McDaniels, who's doubtful, and Nick Richards. And we already know Gordon Hayward's going to be out probably for an extended period. So this is interesting here. You know, we've got um, uh, Toronto again on that first night of a back-to-back. -back. So if Van Vliet sits, you know, to play tomorrow, that's very possible. It changes mm -hmm. everything in that game without question. Toronto's only the 25th in pace in the league. Charlotte is second. So Raptors aren't going to get a much better spot, which really helps several of those playable guys for the Raptors. and makes it very interesting. Yeah, Toronto's middle of the pack, basically at 14th defensively. And the reason Charlotte's been losing games is they're sitting 21st mm -hmm. in pace. So I, I find this game very intriguing, but it's hard to totally give advice, especially on the Raptor side, right. unless we know Van Vliet's playing. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like um, a few plays here. I like Miles Bridges at 7,800 on DraftKings. I think that's a pretty good price for him. Um, he's one of those guys that I know you tend to, to play him quite a bit, but as a general rule, the industry doesn't seem to play him as much. And he had 49 and a half DraftKings points when they played on February 7th. Yeah. Um, he had 46.57 DraftKings points in his last two games before the All-Star break. So he's really been on a roll lately um, at 7,800. I mean, that's just a really nice price and a good matchup. Toronto's allowed the 10th most fantasy points to power forward. So it's a good matchup for him. And like I said, he rarely gets a lot of ownership. So I do like Miles Bridges here. Um and then for Toronto, obviously, if, if Van Vliet's out, then I definitely want to go to Gary Trent at 6,500. Charlotte's allowed the third most fantasy points to shooting guards, and he scored about 43 DraftKings points in six games without Van Vliet this year. So I definitely like Gary Trent if Van Vliet's out. And OG Ananobi is a nice value on FanDuel at 5,400. Um, he had 40 fantasy points against them on that February 7th matchup, so I do like him as well. And, and that would be probably my top plays on this game. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Charlotte is actually all of a sudden becoming one of those teams that we talk about, like the T-Wolves that have three really good guys DFS-wise. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's why what you alluded to, I think Miles Bridges gets the short end of the stick usually on ownership because yeah. everybody looks at Ball and Rogier first. And now you've got three studs there ball at nine six rogier at eight two and bridges at seven eight so mm -hmm. the days of getting you know any value there have really you know plummeted so that's a tough call because they do have the tendency to take turns going off yeah. um you know one of the three of them is going to be 50 plus uh dfs points in, most often especially mm -hmm. you know in a, in a decent matchup like this so Makes it a little bit tougher. Um, you know, I, I do respect Ananobi and Bridges' defense, and I got a feeling they, they may be matched up, which is a little deterrent for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I, you know, Bridges is always capable because 
he does outsize Ananobi a little bit here. Yeah. But, you know, the, the backcourt of Ball and Rozier are really interesting to me, but I don't like the price on either one of them. I think they're they're too high, and it gives me a little concern there. What I'm interested to see here is I've got a couple of different uh, reports and everything I'm looking through is who's going to start in that fifth spot. Uh, you know, with Hayward out, it's mainly been Oubre, but I do see some that says uh, P.J. Washington may start mm. there. And I think that's important. Yeah. But the other piece of that uh, also is in paying up for Baller Rogier, you're going to have the return of Cody Martin, who's been out. So mm. that takes a little bit away. So as much as I love this game, it is a, a big pace down for Charlotte. Right. And you've got some different things in the mix, you know, with the Ubre Washington and split the Harold Plumley split Cody Barton, you know, taking a little bit away. They, they sometimes will throw Thor or book night in the mix too. So mm -hmm. I don't want to, but it looks like I'm going to fade the Hornets tonight, which usually hurts. Uh, but I like the Raptor side better, Josh. I, I just, I love the pace up and uh, Charlotte's defense been atrocious. Um, if Van Vliet pay, plays, he'll generally play without restriction. So even though he's 8-8, I think he's a great play. If mm. he's scary, Trent will probably be one of the top three owned guys on the slate. Right. Because he's only 6'5", he's going to have the ball in his hands, and you know, you're know you not going to be able to get away from him. So mm -hmm. I hope Van Vliet does play so that people don't just plug in the free square or you have to roster him as a uh, you know blocker yeah, because it's yeah. so uh, popular. But uh, you know, Ananobi disappointed me the other day. I'm afraid of the Bridges defense. The two guys that I'm interested in here – that I'm, if I have the salary, I think Siakam's a good play at 9 3. Because, you know, Plumley is a presence in there, but he's pretty, he's not real quick. He can't guard mm -hmm. away from the basket. Montrez Harrell's not a good defender. Right. Yes, he hustles, but he's not a good defender. And I think Siakam would eat their lunches. Now, here's, here's my question to you, and I'm hoping you have an opinion here that can sway me. Do you think there's a possibility that they play Miles Bridges on Siakam? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I think there's a possibility they do. Because that that's a game changer for me. So mm -hmm. I'm going to do a lot of beat writer and coach talk. Look, because here's the thing. If the Hornets start Ubre instead of P.J. Washington, it matches up just fine for them to put Bridges on Siakam. If that's the case, yeah. if I've feel or know that it's bridges on Siakam, I'm going to cross off Siakam mm -hmm. and go to Barnes at a 5.8 cheaper price mm -hmm. because that means either Ubre, PJ Washington, Plumley, somebody's going to have to guard Barnes and that would really open it up for me. So I'll be working hard on that all day. If you want to <laughs> you know, stay up to date with me on that information, jump in with us, dfscoachtalk.com. You can be in our Discord in about 15 seconds after you hit the button to join us. And we'll be following this closely because I think this could be a, a shifter of the slate. Not mm. many people will talk about it, but those that matchup with who the Hornets are going to guard here, I think is going to be a, a shifter because Siakam, yeah. Siakam could have one of those 60 plus nights or Barnes could come in at low ownership at five, eight 
and right. throw a 45, 50 burger on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not many people are going to be playing Barnes. That's for sure. After what happened at the all-star game, he kind of, yeah, that was hilarious. A lot of the jokes in that, in that weekend. So, Oh my gosh. He could not make a two foot shot. That yeah. poor kid. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was, is hilarious. Really? Yeah. You know, and then uh, the last guy we'll say is Harrell at five six. He is getting plenty of minutes, and he's closing because mm -hmm. Plumley can't make a foul shot if you put him two feet in front of the basket. Right. So you know, Harrell's tempting five six isn't a giveaway anymore, but it's still in play. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on from all of these four seven o'clock games. We move on now to the seven thirty game. Two gr grind and drag teams here. So I'm not sure if you're going to have much interest here, but I certainly do not. I know there's a few players you like, I'm sure. But it is uh, the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. Miami is favored by five and a half. It's a 211 total. So mm -hmm. you've got the <clears throat> lowest total on the slate. Only a 108.25 implied for Houston, 102.75. Uh, for the New York Knicks. Miami comes in 38 and 21. Knicks 25 and 34. Uh, no Markeith Morris. I, I still, has he played since the Joker <laughs> snapped him in half? He hasn't. He hasn't. What is going on there? I'd I haven't read anything about it, but that is the most bizarre thing. And Oladipo's still out, but it's looking like he will be back here at some point. So that's good. The big news is really R.J. Baird. He's questionable, and that's huge because he gets 20 shots up there at night, and uh, yeah. that usage is going to go elsewhere if he can't play. Also, the important news on Nerland's Noel because that's a big bump up for Mitch Robinson if his mm -hmm. backup Noel is out. They'll use yeah. Gibson a little, but they have been fading Gibson out a bit finally. And then Derrick Rose is not more than likely not going to play. He's doubtful, but he's getting much closer. And, you know, we'll be following that because that's going to impact things uh, without a doubt. Uh, Miami is the second slowest team in the league. And uh, the Knicks are the fourth slowest team in the league. Mm -hmm. So that hurts. It's the first night of a back-to-back -back for Miami. Spolster is pretty careful with stuff like that. So that hurts. And then you have two of the top 12 defensive teams in the league, sixth for Miami, and the Knicks are 12th. So with all that being said, are you stacking this game? <laughs> no. Um, I, I actually, at this point, you know, it's going to be news dependent for me, but at this point I don't have anyone in this game. Now, I will say that I think some people are going to be playing Julius Randle because he was so hot before the All-Star break. He had 50 and 60 DraftKings points pretty regularly, actually. But um, he's almost 10K. And do you know how many points he scored when they played the Heat? How many fantasy points he scored when they played the Heat on January 26th? I'm going to guess 12. Not too far off. 22.5. Wow, okay. So at, at almost 10K, there's just no way. Uh, Miami's allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to power forwards and the fewest to centers, which have really strong interior defense. And he's the only Nick that I would even consider in, in this matchup. I'm just not going to play him. And I just think Miami will blow them out. So I just, I just don't like this game at all. 
Well, it's only a five and a half point spread and it's in the garden. So I'm not sure about a blowout, but I get it what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I think the Heat are a much better team. But uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, if you want a low owned Julius Randle, this is probably going to be your chance to do it. But hello, PJ Tucker and Bam Adebayo and uh, no thank you. And then with Jimmy Butler going down there to bug him on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just I, I don't see paying that number now. He should, if, if they're going to stay in the game and Vegas thinks they are, he's obviously going to have to play very well. Yeah. But if R.J. Barrett sits, I, I'm with you. I mean, we'll see. I think five and a half is not enough. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would jump on that side of it. But, yeah. you know, let's see. If Barrett suits him up and Randall keeps him, you know, can keep him in the game, then I, you know, you'd have to have some courage to do it, but I'm not going to mm -hmm. do it. Um, I am a little interested in Mitch Robb, though, if Noel sits, because at 5'6", you know, he mm -hmm. can block you five shots and a half. You know, True. he's one of those kind of guys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as awesome as Bam is, he is a little undersized for center. And occasionally when he's playing a true, long, lanky, athletic, seven-foot kind mm -hmm. of center, uh, he can get a, a few rejections and and struggle a little bit uh, with that size difference. So Mitch is on my radar, but not if Noel plays. It just, I don't, I don't want to miss that extra shift because in mm -hmm. a game like this with less possessions, you can't afford, you know, to, to really sit back. Um, Butler's attempting eight, nine. The fact that he's under nine shocked me, you know? Yeah. So it's tempting, but again, with the pace here, it's, it's a little, uh, worrisome there. Um, mm -hmm. I had Butler that game before the break ended, and he did. I don't know how it's it was possible, but he got to his number because the game went to overtime. But mm -hmm. he was like four for twenty three from the field. It was it was ludicrous. Wow. So yeah, I I don't know at at that price in a which even though it's cheap in mm -hmm. this type of a setting, I, I just not comfortable there. Yeah. Um, Lowry at 6'8", not a bad play, but Hero's back. 5'9", for Hero, what do you think of that number? Mm, that's tempting. That is tempting. 5'9", that's tempting. Yeah, and we'll see if he's going to get full run. But it just, it's like we said, you know, you look at this game as a whole and you're just not excited to, to hit any button. But yeah. it could be a full pass for me. Uh, I will keep an eye on a few things here. One off at best. I, I don't know how you feel confident, you know, rostering two, three guys from this game under those yeah. circumstances. Yeah. All right, man. Five down, four to go. Real quickly, we want to thank our presenting sponsor. That is Prize Picks. We'll be sharing our Prize Pick plays of the day at the end of the podcast. If you sign up at Prize Picks, just go to prizepicks.com. If you're a new depositor, uh, when you use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space, doesn't matter if you cap or not uh, on that. Uh, if you use that uh, code, you get 100% match all the way up to 100 bucks on that first deposit. And they put that 100 credit right in your account. There's no messing around where they just release a little bit of it at a time. So it's a great way to build up a, a nice cushion there. Uh, in prize picks. So definitely support them. Uh, if you want to join us here at Coach Talk, we have two great 
uh, promos going now. You just go to dfscoachtalk.com. We have the Luca special for only 77 bucks appropriately. Uh, Dirk came up with that idea, by the way, Josh. He, he whispered it over my uh, shoulder here. Uh, and that lasts you all the way until April 1st. So you get all of our NBA and uh, PGA action uh, up until then. Or we have our second half of the NBA now that that started, plus the playoffs. So it mm-hmm. takes you from now all the way through if – it goes to game seven in the uh, championship series. That would be until June 19th, believe it or not. So mm-hmm. uh, you get all of that uh, with our second half NBA. All right. That is it. How about we hit these four teams and get yep. this wrapped up so we can get some lineups built. Eight o'clock game, Philadelphia 76ers at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota's coming off a game last, a scrappy game last night. So it's the second night of a back-to-back for them. Interesting to see how uh, that's going to play out. And then everybody will be watching. It's James Harden and Joel Embiid on the court together for Philly. That is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it will be. So this game's going to get a lot of action just because of that. And Mm -hmm. some of the statistics here back it up. It's Philly by only two and a half. Nice, healthy 228 total. Gotta love that. 115.25 implied for Philly, 112.75 for Minnesota. And Minnesota made a big comeback last night, though. So I'm interested to see how much gas they're gonna have in the tank tonight. So uh, as far as injuries here, no injuries for Philly. They don't have to list Ben Simmons anymore. Can you believe that? (laughs) So they are full tilt ready to go. For Minnesota, they only have one guy out, McKinley Wright. So this game is laid out there and let's play. Philly's 35 and 23, by the way. Minnesota 32 and 28. So they're Mm -hmm. both playing uh, some decent ball. And now for Philly, we're going to see this new era here of Harden and Bede basketball. Philadelphia is 28th in pace. That may change a bit with Harden at the helm, so you can somewhat throw that away. Uh, we'll see how, how that differs in the next sample size of maybe the next two, three weeks at least to get an indication. But I expect that to go up. Not dramatically, but I think yeah. it will go up. Minnesota, however, is third. So you got Philly in a massive pay up game, a pace up game. And then defensively, Philly 11th, Minnesota 16th. So nothing really to write home about there. So how much ownership for Harden today? How do you figure out Harden at 10-9 and beat at 11-6 on the same team? Mm-hmm. Dude, what are you doing with this one? It I went 10 different ways from Sunday trying to figure out how I wanted to play this game. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Harden's 9,600 on FanDuel, so it's a little bit easier uh, to swallow on the, on that site for sure. Um, 10, nine on DraftKings. That's a little much for me. Um, you know, he's going up against Patrick Beverly and he's actually had some pretty nice games against Beverly. He's, yeah. he's averaged about 59 DraftKings points in six games in his career against him. Um, he scored 67 when they played, you know, the Clippers on, on uh, February 21st on 2021 when he was still with the Clippers. So almost a year to the date, um, wow. that he played them. Uh, which is kind of interesting fact, but um, so yeah, he's had his, you know, had his successes with him, uh, but he only had 39.7 when they played Minnesota last time. 
uh, when Harden faced them with Brooklyn on January 23rd. So, you know, Beverly seemed to have a little bit better uh, success against him this last game. I think that Harden will probably be over-owned on FanDuel. Um, and so if you wanted to take a shot at him on DraftKings at that price, you know, that would be where I would go in a GPP. Um, but Embiid is my play here. Um, 11-6 is a lot, but, you know, he had 70 and a half when they played on November 27th. He scored 60-plus in five of his last six. Uh, Minnesota's below average. They've allowed the 11th most fantasy points to centers. Towns is playing on the second night of a back-to-back, you know. So I think that Embiid is just looking unstoppable to me, and I think that he's the play here for me for Philly. Um, and then D'Angelo Russell um, had a pretty good game last time. He had – that's an understatement. He had 60-and-a-half DraftKings points against the Sixers on November 27th. At 7,300, you know, he might get half of – you know, I don't know if he's going to get 60, but, um, you know, that that would be a, a little bit of an option for me as a, as a GPP ceiling-type option. Um, but that's about it for me in this game with, with Harden and Embiid. I think they're going to soak up most of the usage. So it's going to take away from the, the Cork Maws and the Tobias Harris and stuff like that type play, Tyrese Maxey. All those guys are going to suffer from, from Harden being there. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, the, we used to play a lot of, well, when Curry was still there, we'd play him. Maxey was a big favorite mm-hmm. to get some good, you know, mid-level price on Harris and Thibel and Cork Miles, like you said, forget it. Those guys aren't even in, in you know, second or third option. Yeah. I mean, it's you either go Harden and Bede, one or the other, or both, If but probably not both. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see where you look anywhere beyond there until anybody else proves they're going to be be able to to grab any of the, the you know, usage because you got two huge ball-dominant guys here. Yeah. It is it's a it's a weird dynamic though because Harden, you know, his number was down a little bit the last time he played against Beverly, but he also had KD and guys on the floor, but this yeah. is the same scenario. He's got Embiid on the floor now and mm-hmm. Embiid's the front runner right now for MVP of this league. So that's going to be extremely interesting to see how the dynamic plays out because it's Embiid's team, it's Embiid's town. So how well is Harden going to adjust to being the second guy? Uh, obviously, he didn't like, you know, being the third guy or second guy in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Houston was just an, an implosion there. So uh, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. I, again, you know, Harden's really been strong with the high pick and roll. That's not mm-hmm. Embiid's game. I don't know what Doc's going to do here. He's not giving away anything. So, I'm, I'm looking at it this way. Normally, I like to jump on something early, but I don't know how this is going to play out. And I think spending 10-9 or 11-6 for either one of these guys right off the schneid, even though Minnesota plays super fast, their interior mm-hmm. defense stinks, I'm just not completely comfortable pulling the buy up. I want to see what they're going to run. I want to yeah. see what Doc is going to play. Are they going to increase their pace? There's a lot of things that have to shuffle in besides the fact that they have to get a little comfort zone of playing mm-hmm. together. Right. I mean, you're not going to see, I don't think, peak games of these two guys together until probably the playoffs. It's going to take, you know, mm-hmm. a month yeah. or, or two months to to get on the same page. But at least 
you know, after a few games, we'll see what they're running and be able to make a good determination here. So I know it's going to be contrarian, but I'm going to fade Philly today mm. and and just accept the fact that I need to see before I jump on either one of these guys because Harden doesn't make a small splash when he jumps in. Right. He's going to come in and contribute. And, uh, you know, if they do run some type of high pick and roll – and brush Beverly off of them, uh, then, you know, it's, it's definitely a whole different scenario. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's probably, like I say, not a popular call, but I just think I need to wait. And then on the Minnesota side, like I said, they, they exerted a lot of energy last night and they're going to come across a pretty physically, you know, tough team here in Philly. So it's tough to call. I'm not going cat at 10, two on a back to back. Mm -hmm especially with Nas Reed playing so well as his backup at 3-3. I don't, I'm not going to reach for Nas Reed, but, you know, uh, maybe in a GPP at the best at such a, a cheap price, but it is going to scare me off of Cat. I think the guys that I'm looking at uh, are D'Angelo Russell at 7-3, who really looked good last night, mm -hmm. and then Anthony Edwards at 7-4. But here's mm -hmm. the thing. I got to point this to you again because i'm hoping you have an answer for me who's matisse thibel gonna guard russell or edwards uh, really i, I would spot. think edwards i would think edwards honestly he's a little bit yeah. longer um i know, agree bigger I, I i think edwards yeah i agree and i think maxi guards russell but that's just me so uh i i'd like you know, I'm I'm actually thinking a little bit of D'Angelo Russell at seven three, and you're gonna find this one hard to believe at five two. Patrick Beverly's not a bad play because I think Harden guards him. Yeah, yeah, he's had some games. He's had some pretty successful games against Harden for sure. The, oh, the concern that. is foul trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's guarding Harden, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah, so I know people are going to be diving on this game. They're going to have, you know, Embiid or Harden on one side, Cat or, you know, Edwards or something on the other. But I'm I'm not spending much salary here. Maybe a Beverly Russell. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Anything sorry to rain on everybody's parade. <laughs> anyone like like uh, Jared Vanderbilt or anything like that or. You know, Vanderbilt's fine, but he split time a lot with McDaniel's lately. Yeah. They, and Beasley, they try to squeeze some minutes in. You know, he's not getting run at any big spots now that, you know, Reed's just really been playing strictly backup center. Just mm -hmm. a little too risky on a nine-game slate for me. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. All right, man. Three games left. Nine o'clocker. Dallas Mavericks and Luka against <laughs> the Utah Jazz. Utah's favored by six. It's a 216.5 total. Not a good total. 105.25 for Dallas, 111.25 for the Utah Jazz. Coming into this one, Dallas is 35 and 24, Utah 36 and 22. You have a questionable tag on Reggie Bullock, and that's a true questionable tag. He's 50-50 to play. Trey Burke, also questionable. He missed. Uh, he may be back. Marquise Chris, doubtful. Tim Hardaway and Theo Pinson, out. For mm. Utah, you've got... Uh, Rudy Gay is doubtful, and you've got uh, Mr. Butler. Uh, Jared Butler is out. So 
Key guys back for most teams other than the Bullock news. That's important. Uh, but the problem with this game crash, it, it almost falls into uh, that Heat-Knicks kind of feel for me just yeah. because you've got Dallas, who's now the slowest team in the league. It's Luka, you know, with the ball for about 18 seconds of possession. So they're they're just playing super slow. Utah, we know, never super fast. They're 18th. And then you've got two top nine defenses in the league, Dallas mm. fifth and Utah ninth. So even though it's an island game, two slower teams, the elevation in Utah, yeah, this one scares me as well. Yeah, Luca's Luca's struggled. He's only had about 40 DraftKings points in seven games against Utah in his career. So yeah. he has not had a lot of success against them in 11-8. I just, there's no way I can touch that. Um, I do like Bohan Bogdanovich a little bit. He's 5,100 on FanDuel, 5,800 on DraftKings. Had about 34 DraftKings points last time they played on Christmas Day. Uh, he's been playing really well lately. I like Bogdanovich here. And that's about it for me. I just I just don't like this game. Like you said, it's a lot like that Miami-New York game for me. Yeah, I mean, the only guy – I mean, Luke is still tempting to me. I mean, I – very, I mean, I went with DeRozan last night. Yeah. He was my number one play. Everybody thought I was crazy at his price with all the other good buy-ups. And he he is playing so well. You know, he only shot 71% in that game. I know. Kept, increased the streak that he broke of Will Chamberlain's now to eight. Yeah, he's two from Jordan. 35. What's that? He's two from Jordan now. He's almost, he's two two games behind Jordan on that streak. Yeah, I mean, I'm just so impressed with with how he's played and, and yeah. loved watching that game. But it's almost the same thing here. Is you know, I think people are going to feel the same way you do. Is 11-8 against Utah? No way, I'm touching that. Mm -hmm. But you know, when a guy's in that heavy of a groove and his usage numbers the last three weeks are a joke. I mean, they're those usage numbers are like LeBron when he was the only good guy in Cleveland. You know, Michael Jordan, you know, in in Chicago. We're talking usage numbers you don't see very often. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm still tempted. I'm not going there at this second. But 11.8, I know it's a price, but I'm still tempted. I, I mm -hmm. just I, – you may need his – I mean, if he has 60 DFS points tonight, that's not that great for him. Right. I mean, he's been 70s, 80s, and – you know, I just don't know if if you can chase uh, that many points because you don't have the Joker, you don't have Giannis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, there's not other guys you can say, okay, get your, let's let's take that seventy five and move on. You know, yeah. If everyone, I mean, it makes sense from the standpoint if everybody plays Harden, Embiid, and LeBron. You know, if LeBron plays, then Luca's going to be. If he scores 70 to 80, I mean, you're going to be sitting at the top. Exactly. So I'm tempted. Uh, I just have to make sure, you know, you know, value is going to open up throughout the day. Mm -hmm. and with, with 18 teams playing, we're going to get a couple of no-brainer plays with some people sitting out. So Luca's on the fence for me. I, I just, you know, I somewhat feel the same way as far as I did with DeRozan yesterday. Not quite as confident as I was yesterday yeah. with him, but he's still in my pool. The guy that I, I'm considering, though, is Gobert. You know, I it, it's a broken record with me attacking the center position with Dallas. But, you know, 
it is a concern that Dallas is the slowest uh, team in the league. So it does mm-hmm. limit Gobert's rebound potential, but he should dominate the paint. I mean, there's no way Powell, Kleba, whoever they else they try to play. Maybe they, they haven't dusted off Boban in, in months. <laughs> so I don't know how they're going to stop Gobert rebounding. I mean, this if this doesn't look like a 15-18 rebound game for Gobert, I don't know what does, especially if, uh, you know, if Dallas can keep it close enough. It's only a six-point mm-hmm. spread. So I'm thinking about Gobert. And, uh, you know, for me, Reggie Bullock news is huge, not because I want to play Reggie Bullock or how it affects the Mavericks, but yeah. Donovan Mitchell. If Donovan Mitchell has to be guarded by whomever, they're going to probably try to play Josh Green on him. Or somebody that can't guard him. Let's put yeah. it that way. But if Bullock plays, Bullock can can match up. He's had some good success with Con with Mitchell. So I know this game sucks and it's the numbers suck. But if if Bullock sits, I think Mitchell's a really sharp play at eight seven, and he's going to be super low owned. Yeah. If Bullock plays, then I think I I shift more to Gobert. I'm not going to go two big price guys for Utah against the slowest team in the league. But one or the other, I think, is a good play. And really, after Luka, you can think, you know, Jalen Brunson at 6'9", but that's mm-hmm. like mid-tier pricing now. But yeah. he's going to have, you know, with Bullock out, because he does take a decent amount of threes, it does, if he's out, it, it elevates Brunson. So Brunson's mm-hmm. not a bad play, but I'd prefer to go Luka if I can find a way to get him in there. Yeah. All right, man. Two more. Nine other nine o'clock game. New Orleans Pelicans, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix played a, a long, closer game than anybody expected against the Thunder last night. So we'll see about Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back here. Island game for Phoenix. Phoenix is an eight and a half point favorite, 225 and a half total, 108 and a half for the Pels, 117, which is a nice juicy number for the suns mm-hmm. pelicans come in 23 and 36 phoenix 49 and 10 they're just mm-hmm. unbelievable yeah for the pels you've got two guys out larry nance and our buddy cheeseburgers williamson still out for phoenix cameron Payne doubtful we saw point guard booker or mm-hmm. uh devin booker last night and he just Man, we we deserved a bonus for our Booker assists over uh, bet on prize picks yeah, last you almost, night. Almost doubled it. It was six. Yes, so they should have a bonus when you double a, a prediction. Right. But uh, with Payne still out, obviously, you know it it wasn't uh, going to the backups there. No elf mm-hmm. off the shelf or anything like that. It was Booker a point really for right. the for the most part. But they also have Kaminsky, Chris Paul, and Sarge out. So. You know, it's interesting, 49-10 and 10 at home against a really lousy Pelicans team, but the mm-hmm. Pels are insistent that they're trying to get into the playoffs in that 9 or 10 spot. So they're playing hard at least, and they're really pushing for it. So we'll see, you know, if they can give Phoenix any type of pushback. That 8.5-point spread is a little bit scary. A uh, couple of things, though. You've got 22 uh, in pace for the Pels. Ninth for Phoenix, so they usually do push some possessions. Pell's not good defensively at 23. 
Phoenix shut down D at three. So interesting game here. I think there's a few gems you could pluck out of it, but you know, not racing to it anyway. Mm-hmm. I I would say of all the games on the slate, this is the one, even though it's the second night of a back-to-back, I and I know Chris Paul has an impact on the Suns. I still think they could smack the Pelicans around a bit. Yeah, I, I like um, the the main play I like here is Cam Johnson with him in the starting lineup now at 4,200 on FanDuel, 4,800 on DraftKings. He had 32 DraftKings points last time they played New Orleans on January 4th. Uh, but like I said, with him starting at that price, he's still priced like he's coming off the bench. He had 37 DraftKings points last night against Oklahoma City. So if he's going to be getting 30 plus, then at 4,200 or 4,800, I think he's very much in play for me. What about Devin Booker going right back to him uh, being the play, playmaking point guard? <laughs> um, well, you know, I do think, like you said, that this could this could be a little bit of a blowout um, for Phoenix. I think they could they could pull away in this game. Uh, being at home, um, I think that you know, ninety two hundred. It's not like he's you know seventy five hundred or something like that, like he was earlier this year. Yeah. Um, if if um, Reggie Bullet plays, I'm probably going to be looking at Donovan Mitchell, like you mentioned. I think that's a pretty sharp play, and he's right around that same price point. Um, so he's a little bit cheaper than Booker, actually. So I think that's probably where I would go. Don't really want to go to CJ McCollum as well as he's been playing. Uh, it's just a tough matchup, like you mentioned. So pretty much Cam Johnson for me. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, the Pelicans are in our little, you know, three studs type of a, a pool with the teams that we've mentioned. Uh, because now you've got CJ at 8-6, Ingram at 7-7, seven, seven, and Joe Val at 7-8. All three of yeah. them with potential, you know, right. to have a big night. But, you know, does that start chopping away at each other a little bit as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so there's a couple of things there. I you know I sort of like the secondary guys. I'm I'm gonna try to make a little bit of value out of this game. I I do like Mikhail Bridges at the two, which he's mm-hmm. starting at now at six one. Cam Johnson at four eight at the three. I think those two guys are a nice little value. Jay Crowder went nuts last night at right. four six. Mm-hmm. So you know when are you gonna get that Crowder? As soon as you you roster him, then he's gonna throw. 11 on the board you know <laughs> yeah he'll go so, three for 10 tonight so yes yep so really bridges johnson i i'll tell you what i just Aiton drives me absolutely crazy i don't like him i played him last night because it mm-hmm. was just i felt a perfect matchup but he's such a dog and he just you can't count on him it's six eight it's he's overpriced because mm-hmm. they're gonna give a good chunk of minutes uh to to mcgee at four three you know i i just yeah, I, I'm not interested. So really, it's Bridges or Johnson on that side for me. And then because the Pelicans just have so many standouts, I don't think the secondary guy of Jones, he's just sort of lost in the shuffle a bit. He's becoming more of just a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. He's in there a lot. He gets a lot of minutes. I like him. But, you know, he's definitely not a top three option anymore with McCullum Ingram and Joe Val in there. Jackson Hayes is a bit of a wild card, though. You know, he's only 4'8". If he Mm. continues to start, he can get to his number pretty quick. Yeah. Um, Especially against, you know, uh, over, you know, he's going to be over in size against guys like Crowder and Torrey Craig. 
because, you know, Hayes is really a center, if you will. Mm -hmm. So he might be a sneaky little play at a, at a cheaper price uh, that would fit into this game. Yeah. All right, man, we got the big duo here. Everybody uh, excited for the, like, terrible Clippers-Lakers game. <laughs> they are just not good, these two teams. Uh, hard to believe that both of them uh, are this bad. It's been a while since both were so bad. Mm-hmm. But it's a tight uh, spread here. Lakers favored by two, a two twenty three total, one ten and a half for the Clippers, one twelve and a half for the Lakers. So interesting here. You've got um, uh, Preston for the Clippers because you know they've been finding guys everywhere to fill in minutes. He's probable, but George Leonard and Powell remain out yeah. for some time. LeBron's the big thing here. You know, usually he's listed as probable. He's listed as questionable. Generally, when he's listed as questionable, he plays. I'm counting him in for right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he goes. And then you've got uh, Carmelo Anthony. Looks like he's going to finally return to the Lakers lineup, which changes mm -hmm. a few things in the rotation. Yeah. Bradley, Davis, and none uh, remain out. Uh, statistically speaking here, Clippers 14th in pace, Lakers playing fast at five. Defensively, Clippers are eighth. Lakers respectable at 15th. So, I mean, mm -hmm. numbers-wise, the, the Lakers are playing well enough to win a few games, but uh, neither team has, has really gotten that piece of it done. I mean, the Clippers are sitting at below 500 at 30 and 31, and same thing for the Lakers. 27 and 31 so it's get real team time for both of these teams if they're going to get into that playoff hunt so it's going to yeah. be uh pretty interesting there what do you think about the breakdown here of this game yeah i actually like this game a little bit um reggie jackson 6900 on fanduel i like that price lakers have allowed the second most fantasy points to point guards he had 49 DraftKings points when they played on february 3rd so it hasn't been yeah. that long since they played um, Luke Kennard with Norman Powell out, I think at 4,000, the Lakers have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to shooting guards. I feel like he's been in a pretty strong rhythm lately. Um, so I like him Malik Monk's in play for me at 4,900 on FanDuel, 5,600 on DraftKings. He had 41.8 when they played the Clippers on February 3rd, uh, with, with 80 out, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of LeBron and Malik Monk. I think that are going to be scoring a lot of the points. Um, and then, of course, LeBron, if he plays at 10-6 on DraftKings, 10-7 um, on FanDuel, just about the same price on both sites. He scored right under 60 DraftKings points per game this year with 20 games without AD. Um, so I do like LeBron here. And then your guy, Mar Marcus Morris, I think is in play. 6,200 on FanDuel, 6,400 on DraftKings. He had 45.3 when they played on February 3rd. So I think there's quite a few plays on both sides that I like, maybe two two and two here. Wow. You're going to be late night sweat big time. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not as crazy about this game. I just, you know, both teams just seem so out of sync to me. I, I'm not seeing, uh, you know, a ton here. I do like LeBron, though. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll give you that. He's one of my favorite payups on the slate. Um, he's 10-6, which I think is fair for yeah. – the dominant usage he's getting. Um, he is the only guy on the Lakers side that I like. I'm probably going to go there. Um, but, you know, again, there is, there are two, uh, this is the only 10 o'clock game. That's the problem, mm -hmm. Josh. So yeah. what if you have 
you know, you got to have a plan because if LeBron doesn't play and it comes out late, you know, what is the backup? There's not a whole lot to go to. You're going to get stuck scrambling around here. So have a 2v2 ready if you are going to put LeBron in. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have try to have a secondary guy to go to uh, if LeBron right. sits, you know, whether it be – I don't want it to be Russell Westbrook, but it right. may be. Um, but Morris on the other side, you know, you just have to be prepared for it. But what time hopefully we have the news. Play? Yeah, what if we have the news awesome. before the nine o'clock games, we're cool. Yeah. If we don't, then you have to really be prepared so you don't get stuck. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you don't want to. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I would say I'll probably pivot to like Luca or Donovan Mitchell or something like that if we get the news that LeBron's out. So right. Yeah, and if you have that the time to do that, that's great. If just don't get stuck f- flipping from LeBron to Stanley Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, might sting that. a bit. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) As far as the Clippers side, you have Morris, a little bit of interest there. Uh, Reggie's just a little pricey for me at at 7-6 on FanDuel or on uh, DraftKings. I agree. FanDuel, he's he's a much better option. But other than that, it's just chopped up a lot with all their guys. I don't really trust the rest of the squad. So I'll be pretty light here. Probably one Clipper, one Laker, and, and probably forcing the Clipper in just to protect my LeBron play is what it's going to come down to. If, if LeBron's out, though, would you not play Malik Monk? I mean, at 4,900 on FanDuel? If LeBron sits, you know, it's it's a completely different scenario. I, I would think of, of possibly going to Russ and Monk mm-hmm. just out of the fact. I mean, it just changes everything. But I really don't think LeBron sits. Yeah. I mean, they every game matters right now to them. Oh, yeah, definitely. And but so, not enough to make a trade. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, yeah, he was Palenka was at Disney World, so that tells you where they're at. Yeah. All right, man. It is the prize picks selections of the day. Would you yes, like to sir. share your play for prize picks today? Yeah, so I'm going to take the over on where did my play go? Over on Jalen Suggs at 14 and a half points. Okay, and I like that. Over on Kyle Lowry at 12 and a half points, which seems really low to me. It is low, uh, definitely low. I like it. For my two-bagger, I'm going – this is an obscure guy, weird, but, hey, you know, that's what I love about prize picks. Mm-hmm. They have Doug McDermott at 12 and a half points, real points. And so I'm going under that. I mean, I even if he pops a couple threes, I just am not yeah. comfortable – with uh, Pop's rotation, especially, you know, on the fact that it's the first night of a back-to-back. So I'm taking the young under there. And I'm going over six assists for Cole Anthony. I just can't get away from that game. I'm with you. I like Anthony and Suggs to get a lot mm-hmm. here. This Orlando-Houston game, again, my key game of the night. I think uh, Anthony, you know, backs into six assists. Even though he's a shooting uh, point guard, there's just going to be a lot of points, a lot of pace, yeah. a lot of possessions. So, that's my prize picks two bagger right there. Sounds good. All right. Well, that is it. Nine games up, nine games down. Awesome Friday slate after the All-Star break. Uh, you know, definitely excited for it. Check us out, dfscoachtalk.com. On the way out here, a quick thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button and also uh, hit the alert alarm in the corner there so you know when we're uh, posting. 
If you're listening on audio, you know, wherever podcasts can be heard, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, take a second, give us a five-star quick comment. That will qualify you for a uh, selection, random selection of one winner for a week membership at the end of this month. So that is it. Any final words, Crash? No, we're uh, we're all in on NBA right now. There's there's no football that's over, so we're just diving deep into NBA, and just want to encourage all of our members um, to uh, be excited for what's going to come in the next several months um, with NBA. Uh, we're going to have, like you said, two podcasts a day, or, or at least several days of the week now with you and Andrew. So I think and, you know Andrew's going to be providing some lineups too. So I think that's going to be really nice to have you guys kind of given both of your opinions on our lineups. So, yeah. And we have you two days a week on Friday and Saturday. And, you know, I'm with Gundacker uh, tomorrow too yeah. for a live. So check that out. We'll put, we'll post that in our uh, discord and on Twitter. Uh, and then in the morning you and I are together and tomorrow's our two brains are better than one FanDuel GPP right. build. So we've yep. got all kinds of stacked up action going on here, buddy. Yes, sir. All right, let's get it done tonight. Let's get some winners, and we'll definitely be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.